0: Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ market site on this Friday the 13th. The guys here getting ready behind me. And while they're doing that, here's what's coming up in the show.
1: Facebook's chart is pointing to a massive breakout. And we'll show you how to buy shares of the social giant for less than five bucks. Plus, Miss the move in the market? Relax, because there's one Dow stock that looks poised for a major breakout next week. We'll give you the name. And... Banks have beaten earnings, but their stocks have since taken a beating. But if you're worried, we'll show you how to buy protection for free. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins right now.
0: Let's get to it, because as the Dow continues its record run, a number of classic Dow stocks are surging this month. Check out the moves in Walmart, McDonald's, Johnson Johnson, Caterpillar, all outperforming the market in October. Walmart is up a whopping 11%. And this, as we head into a very busy week of earnings for the group, all those stocks right there implying some pretty hefty moves. So if you're looking to play catch-up, which name should you buy? Let's get into the money right now. And Dan... You say Procter & Gamble. P&G could be next to join the party.
2: It did. You know, it's really underperformed the Dow. The Dow's up almost 15, 15 15.5%. Procter's up 10% year to date. Um, A lot of those other names are back above their um, all-time highs. One thing that's very interesting about Procter & Gamble, we know this week they had that proxy fight that they successfully um, fended off here. And I think when you think about earnings next week, the options market is implying about a little less than a 2% move in either direction on average over the last four quarters. The stock has moved about 2.5% here. So I think this sets up as an interesting trade, specifically because option prices are really cheap. If you were to pick a direction and you wanted to buy an at-the-money put or a call, it's going to cost you a little less than 1%. Now, I know that's only one week, but you also have that earnings event. I'll just make one point. So they fend off the activist investor. If I'm that management, I want to make the best case for the way we were managing our business. So they're not going to manipulate their earnings, but they may be overly um, bullish about their forward guidance. So to me, the trade is really simple. Um, Today, when the stock was trading about 93.10, you could buy the October next week expiration 93 call, paying 90 cents for that. That is a little less than 1% of the stock price. It breaks even at 93.90. That's just below the 52-week high and all-time high, I think about 94.45. And we have a chart here real quickly. um, Look at this five-year chart dating back to 2012 or so. You know, Carter, say that might have been an epic double top but if there's a reason to break out this call gives a lot of leverage to the upside of an event that could be the catalyst for it
3: well I I think clearly look we have a market that's trading at all-time highs we have volatility essentially at all-time lows where Procter is concerned i I mean it's not normally the kind of stock you would see activist activity in and actually I don't see how shareholders would have lost if Nelson Peltz had gotten a board seat I kinda wish he had however I mean if you're gonna make a bullish play I absolutely think that buying a call here is the simplest and best way to do that by far because I mean there's very little to lose. There's a lot to gain. And as you point out, you know, the CEO of this company is going to have to tell an exciting story at this point. And basically, you know, we won the proxy fight, and that's basically the affirmation that we're on the right track strategically.
4: Yeah. I mean, what is really, of course, is that key level just that Dan is citing. It was Christmas. It was uh, the 24th of December 2014. And we were literally right back to that level after basically three years of underperformance. But here's the real thing it's been a massive underperform of the entire bull market. You're talking about a stock that has doubled off the 09 low where the S&P has tripled. Now, you expect a defensive asset to underperform in a bull phase, but this has been massive underperform. It's underperformed its own sector, and badly so. So the issue is it's really a catch-up trade, and then you have the technicals of a presumptive breakout. That's not a bad one-two punch to get this thing up and out.
3: Yeah, and actually it's, the, it's because you have these dynamics that using options really makes the most sense. I mean, you... you Really, the issue is, is it going to be the catch-up trade? Or is there really something fundamentally broken? The fact that it's been underperforming all of this time. I mean, the thing is, trading well over 200 billion dollar enterprise value, and it hasn't seen any earnings growth for a decade. So that would be the reason why using options certainly makes the most sense. Because we're going to find out just this coming week whether that makes sense.
2: Yeah, I think it's really important. This is a trade, right? So I'm not saying I think you should be buying Procter and Gamble at 93 right. and a quarter here for you know a sustained breakout. Or this is looking at a catalyst. It's looking at last week's news. It's looking at how cheap option prices are. And if you're willing to risk about 90 basis points that this thing could have a fundamentally induced breakout, and we know what happens when stocks like this that are unloved break out at some point, they could get going for a little bit. So it's a one-day trade to report Friday before the opening.
0: This Friday? Next, yeah, next ne- Friday,
2: week from today.
0: So when does expiration happen? Before?
2: Friday night. Next Friday. One-day okay. trade. Yeah. But and real quickly about the options, Mel, they're not likely to decay much more. This is the than same situation that happened when you were looking at those
3: yeah. Intel calls, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. basically the fact is you're owning the event. The event takes place next right. week. It's a one-week option. So the first four days, that's essentially free optionality. Right. If the stock takes off and you want to take some profits before they announce, then that makes yep. perfect sense.
0: All right, now to another group on the move. The FANG stocks bouncing back in the last few weeks. Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Alphabet, all recovering from that big tech sell-off in late September. This the Nasdaq 100 hit a fresh record high today. Chartmaster says the charts are pointing to a bigger breakup for one of these names. Carter. And so
4: Facebook is well positioned, meaning the, the thing about this group is that it's underperformed so badly um, since June. And we'll look at some charts that reflect that. Is it finally, after being dead money for the better part of four months, is it really time to catch up? Facebook looks that way. I'm going to look at some charts and see if we can figure it out together. So, again, the top five assets in the S&P badly uh, underperforming uh, all summer, all autumn. One in particular looks as though it's going to come to life. So here we, we know the names. Um, this is the top five uh, stocks in the S&P 500. Uh, the names speak for themselves. So take a look uh, just to put this in context. Those five... Worth three trillion, the bottom 250 stocks of the S&P worth three trillion. Now I want to do a chart of those top five, and take a look at um, the top is the three trillion that we just talked about. Those are the bottom is relative performance to the S&P, and what's important, of course, is is this that even as they've gone up, their basic relative performance to the market has been down, and that's been the problem with Fang. One in particular looks like it's finally going to play catch up. So let's put some lines in. That's the point at which relative performance peaked. It's early June. We're now late October. Massive performance. Here's another way to draw the lines. You can see it here, which is to say we've made new highs, absolute, yes, but we're still below where we were as far back as June. Now, one in particular looks as though it's going to come to life. So, Facebook. You can draw the lines any way you want. I think a good way to draw them is this way. A well-defined ascending wedge. And the presumption is, after having bounced perfectly three times off the rising trend line, that we are in the position to get a breakout. So I like Facebook here. It is just uh, below its July 27th high. I'm going to make the bet that it will, in fact, exceed that high. Mike, what's your trade?
3: So I'm basically looking at a call calendar here, specifically the November-January 180 call calendar. You can spend about 3 bucks to buy the January calls and sell the Novembers against it to make your bullish bet. Here's the thing. So we have earnings coming up in Facebook that first week. And what happens when we know we have a catalyst? We were actually just talking about this. Options premiums get elevated somewhat you 'd like to be a seller of those all else equal. This is implying a move of just under five percent now some could say they 've had earnings moves where they had larger moves than that historically and that 's definitely true, but recently it hasn 't been The moves have been much more muted recently, and actually there are other reasons why that might be true too. We have a lot of sort of uh, we 'll call it negative publicity about you know whether Facebook and some of these other names are deserving a little bit more let 's say investigation shall we say and th- I think those things mean that you're gonna have slightly elevated options premiums. It might mute some of the moves in the meantime.
2: So we like to be a seller of those but own the calls longer term. Yeah. So what's really interesting about this trade is Mike's got a few weeks until um, earnings and he's also got a little more time for um, November expiration. And if this stock were just to kind of move up even so slightly up to that 180 strike, this trade is a fantastic setup because at the end of the day, he's trying to own January options, above the money. It would be a new all-time high. It would be a breakout from what that is a beautiful chart for half of what they are offered at right now. And I think that's a great trade to try to figure out how to finance longer-dated calls. And so at the end of the day, it gives you a lot of optionality, too, that if you think that this thing is going to explode, if it gets up to that 180 strike, you're going to gain deltas on that longer-dated January, and you're still going to be up money. You could always cover November, and you could have an outright call or turn it into a vertical call spread. So to me, I think that's the way to play it this far ahead of earnings.
3: You know, it's it's a tough environment that we have with the VIX below 10 to try to look for setups in the options world where you actually get to collect decay. This is one of them because you do own options, but those longer-dated ones won't decay as rapidly as the nearer dated ones will. And assuming that the earnings move was muted and you wanted to remain short these through that catalyst, those are actually going to see the premiums come in very, very quickly, and that's how you're going to make most of your money.
4: And, and the key is, look, we just talked about what is a breakout for Procter & Gamble. Procter & Campbell has nothing to do with Facebook. Breakouts are well-defined moments in time. Often they are good bets. Make the bet.
0: Got a question out there. Send us a tweet to add Options Action for everything Options Action. Check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our super cool newsletter. We have more than 100,000 subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Here's what's coming up next.
1: That's what's happened to financials since earnings. But if you're worried, we've got a way to get paid to protect your bank stocks. Plus, talk about a shocker, Cohen Carter's bullish trade in Tesla has stalled. But they have a way to manage their losses, and they'll explain how when options action returns.
0: Well- back to options action. It was the big bank beat and beat down this week as a number of financials sold off despite reporting better than expected results. Citi, JP Morgan Wells Fargo all falling after their reports. Bank of America bucking the trend, rallying following its report this morning. Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs are both out with earnings next Tuesday. So if you're worried they could follow a similar fate, how should you protect yourself? Dan's over at the FOSMA with this call to action. Dan.
2: Yeah, so it's been a pretty popular trade to be uh, long banks in what people think to be a deregulated environment a rising rate environment, a period of long underperformance. Um, You know, listen, we got to talk about Goldman. Tuesday, the report before the opening, um, the options market is implying about a 2% move in either direction. It's moved about 2.5% over the last four quarters. But this stock has acted downright awful in 2017. It's actually down about 40 basis points on the year. We know that the XLF is up about 14%. The S&P is up about 14%. Something's kind of going on here. So the thing to me is if you're hanging out with this stock and you think it has the potential to go higher. But when you look at the reaction that Wells Fargo had today, down almost 3%, that way Citi and J.P. Morgan reacted to their earnings, and you think there's something worse going on possibly in Goldman, and there could be further downside over the next month or so. Maybe it has something to do with lack of deregulation or no tax bill or uh, plan or something like that. To me, it makes sense to consider a collar if you are long Goldman Sachs. Why? Because it's the worst performing one. It's really lagged the whole group. So why would you consider a collar, and just what is a collar? In, In this instance, it's actually selling out of the money call and using the proceeds, the premium that you receive for selling that call, to buy a downside put. You would do this because in this situation in particular, Goldman Sachs has rallied nearly 11 percent since the beginning of September into this earnings event. So I'd say expectations have been rising despite the underperformance. The other reason I would say is that you don't really want to pay for protection. Again, the stock hasn't performed this year. So why buy puts and reduce, you know, you're basically making it that much harder to make money. And then the last one is you're selling that call to finance the put here. So you're willing to give up a certain amount of upside to have a certain amount of downside protection. Um, Let's just go real quickly to the chart and try to figure out how we might choose um, our strikes here. I mean, look, this is that 11% rally. It's come back a little bit this week, not acting particularly well. I think back near 225 is the level that you would maybe want some downside protection. So let's talk about the trade here today. When Goldman Sachs was trading at 239, you could look at November expiration, and you could buy the November 225-250 calendar paying nothing for it. What are you doing here? You're selling one of the November. This is versus 100 shares of stock. You're selling one of the November 250 calls at about $2, and you're using those proceeds to buy one of the November 225 puts for about $2. You have up to $11 of upside between the current stock price, 239 and 250, up to November expiration. And then you have downside between 239 and 225. That is the level of the put strike that you own, but you're protected below that. That is what you would call a collar. I would say something pretty nasty is going on in Goldman Sachs, that underperformance for a company that was often considered best of breed is really lagging a lot of its peers. So to me, I think it makes sense. If you want to stay long into the event and you want some time to have some protection but still participate to the upside, November collars make sense. What do you think of this trade?
3: Uh, I I like the trade here. I mean, one of the things you look for when you're looking at a collar, buying that downside protection, selling selling off some of the upside, obviously, that you could have by doing that, You're trying to look for some symmetry around where the stock is currently trading. And we're pretty close to having that. This still provides you with about 5% worth of upside up to that short call strike. But I would make this point, they're going to announce earnings next week. These options expire on the 17th of November. So what does that mean? If the stock declines, let's call it 3% from where it's currently trading right now, this trade will appreciate even though you're not getting to that put strike. On the other hand, if it does rally and you don't want to have to try to pay to take it off, you can just carry that all the way to November expiration and you're still going to have 5% worth of upside. So this is one of those trades that how you decide to manage it is gives you a lot of flexibility because if you have an earnings pullback Mm -hmm. and, you know, I made a bullish bet on JP Morgan. We saw how that turned out. Not so great. So maybe this makes a decent amount of sense in that context.
4: I mean, the, the, the subjects here are two things. There's, there's the bigger subject of banks in general, right? And and do rates go higher because it's a bad operating environment for almost all of these, and we've seen that. To think that consensus that we were going to go to three and a quarter on the 10-year bond when the year year started, we started at two five, three and a quarter. We're at two three, two two. So then, not only the general but the specific. If you compare Goldman to Morgan Stanley, its most direct competitor. Morgan Stanley is making new 52-week highs. Goldman is well below its March high, and it's just a function of Goldman is... He is just not performing well, the things that Dan was talking about at the, at the plasma.
3: Yeah, I mean, w- when we take a look at, obviously we think about sort of commercial lending as one of the spaces that's going to obviously benefit from the rate picture. Morgan Stanley's benefiting from a strategic shift that they've made over a number of years more towards asset management as asset prices have risen that obviously has benefited their business. Goldman Sachs has kind of caught a little bit in the middle there and obviously have, have historically been very dependent on trading revenues, and that obviously has been a weak area. All right, by the way
0: ever wonder how we figure out implied moves for earnings, head to our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. We just posted a brand new tutorial starring the one and only Professor Mike Coe. He breaks down how you can use options to calculate how much a stock could move for a given event. It's a question we get a lot. The answer is right on our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. Still ahead, Tesla's electric slide, the stock falling nearly 10 percent from its high last month, putting Cohen Carter's bullish bet in jeopardy. But don't worry, because they've got a way to make your money back. Much more Options Action right after this. Welcome back to Options Action. It's time to look back on some of our open trades. One month ago, Cohen Carter said that Tesla was going to rev up. The trade didn't exactly go as planned. Here's what we mean. On Options Action, it's how we make speedy profits. Risk less so we can make more. And that's exactly what Cohen Carter tried to do with their bullish bet on Tesla. Carter thought Tesla shares were about to accelerate.
4: I like Tesla for a breakout were moved to new highs.
0: But just buying the stock, 100 shares were putting back nearly 40 grand. So to spend less, Mike, instead, (laughs) you know what? Mike, why don't you just take it from here?
3: Happy to, Melissa. Let's break this down. So to spend less, I bought the November 380 strike call for 2360. Now to make money, I need Tesla shares to rise above that strike price by more than the cost of the trade, or above 40360 by November expiration. Now you're probably thinking, I thought the show was about risking less and making more. And you'd be right. So to cut my costs, I sold the 430 strike call for 760, creating my call spread. For a moment there, I thought I died and went to options heaven. Let's get back to the trade. By selling that higher strike call, I made making money easier. And here's how. Between the 2360 I spent on buying that lower strike call and the 760 I collected selling the higher strike call, I cut the total cost of the trade down to just 16 bucks. Now instead of needing Tesla to trade above 40360 by November expiration, I see profits if the stock rises above 380 by more than the reduced cost of the trade, or above 396 by November expiration. Let's not get too excited because there is a trade off. Since I sold that higher strike call, my profits are capped at 4.30. So how are we do on this one, Melissa?
0: Well, Mike, since the time of the trade, Tesla shares have fallen more than 5%, making this trade a bust. And now Auctions Action fans far and wide want to know one thing. What will Cohen Carter do now? That was Mike Coe as we have never seen him before. But back to the trade here. Carter, Tesla's down around 9% from its high. So what are the charts right, and, like?
4: and what's interesting is if you think about this, the exact same setup we're talking about for Facebook, what we did for Netflix, not all breakouts break out. I think we're going to push this down the road and stick with it. The presumption is ultimately new highs.
3: You know, one of the things that's interesting about this trade is that, yeah, it obviously didn't work out in our favor, but we risked a relatively small amount. The stock's down 10 percent. You know, call it 35 bucks off of its highs. We risked considerably less than that, and
2: that's what affords us the possibility
3: to sell out of this trade and push out to a longer-dated one.
0: Dan, what would you say about
2: this? Well, you know, it's interesting. I think Carter said when I looked at the chart from a few weeks ago, it looked exactly as the same setup as Facebook. I would just say this, that the fact that Facebook got through that negative news over the last few yeah. weeks and is back up here now, Facebook to me looks like a far better bet than playing uh, Tesla you for know what a what it, is? A later it right I'll just now. tell you,
4: because we've done a lot of work yeah. on this. We have quants at the firm. It's just a probabilities thing. A certain percentage of stocks, about 58 60%, once they toy with highs, <laughs> do break out. Huh. You can't control the ones that don't.
0: Right, 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 right. Moving on here, three weeks ago, Dan said that AMD was headed higher.
2: I wanted to target that earnings event. I wanted to target the potential for a move back to those prior highs just below 16. And I want to give myself um, a little room down to that uptrend. When the stock was trading today, about 13.20, you could buy the 13.5 strike call in October for 55 cents. That breaks even at 14.05 and really gives me room, plenty of room, back up towards those prior highs.
0: Since the time of the trade, AMD has rallied more than 6%, but it still hasn't hit that those highs that Dan was after. So how are you managing yeah, this? Yeah, so
2: this is really important. What did I say? I'm targeting that earnings event. Well, that earnings event is now set for October 24th. So this was an October regular expiration. Next Friday will not capture the earnings event. So what you're wanting to do is here, the doll, a stock is a dollar higher. The calls that you would have bought when the stock was 13.15 at $0.55 cents are now worth about $0.83 cents or so. I'm going to roll those out to October 27th, weekly expiration. Going to catch the earnings. And those 14 and a half calls, so a dollar higher now, they're slightly out of the money, costs about 70 cents. That's going to give me that leverage to the move. I'm defining my risk. I've reduced my cost basis, and I'm still participating.
0: All right. Up next, the final call from the Options Pits. Stay tuned. Time now for the final call. Last word from the Options Pits. Carter.
4: I want to make the bet that Facebook breaks out to new highs.
0: My co.
3: Take
2: advantage of decay and use call calendars.
0: Dan Nathan. Yeah,
2: AMD. and Calls, roll them out the next week, up and out.
0: Looks like our time has expired. I'm Melissa Lee. Thanks so much for watching. For more options action, check out the website. Meantime, have a great weekend. Don't go anywhere. Mad Money with Jim Kramer is up next.